0: A good credit score and a healthy bank balance may not only be good for you financially, but research shows it may also lower your risk of death at an early age. With more, here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Andrew Friedson is an
1: assistant professor of economics at the University of Colorado, Denver, and one of the co-authors of the study. So you were studying essentially whether owing a lot of money can lead to a shorter life. Tell us a little bit about your study.
2: Yes, what we're looking at is people's credit reports and seeing if your debt, specifically if you're in delinquent debt, shortens your lifespan.
1: And what did you find?
2: That exactly that happens, that when individuals have more delinquent debt on their credit report, that they are more likely to die in the uh, next coming period. So it's a short term, slight increase in your likelihood of dying. What we're looking at is not a change in your life expectancy, but your quarter to quarter risk of dying at any given point. So if your base risk of dying going into the next quarter is X, then... Having an increase of three points or three and a half points on your credit score is going to reduce your risk of dying moving into the next quarter by about 2% off of the average population risk of dying.
1: And you mentioned that delinquencies are the greatest effect. What about people who just owe a lot of money, but they're able to make their payments each month? We
2: haven't looked at that type of debt in particular. We've looked at credit scores, and we looked at debt that's in delinquency. So to the extent that your credit score is changing, and that's due to being able to pay off your debt, we do find that better credit scores make you less likely to die, and worse credit scores make you more likely to die. So if having a lot of debt and then paying it off raises your credit score, then based on our results, that would actually make you in better shape health-wise.
1: What percentage of the U.S. population is in debt?
2: About 69% of all U.S. households have some type of debt and the median debt held by a U.S. household is about $70,000. So there's a major prevalence of just the holding of debt in the United States currently. Now the percentage that's delinquent, that's ebbed and flowed with recessions
1: and expansions. So it sounds as though economic downturns or weak recoveries, that's particularly noticeable in your data, right?
2: Yeah, so that's actually what we're hanging our hat on in this study, that a lot of research you can track and show that these two things move together. But what we're using is aftershocks from the Great Recession to find changes in debt that we can say are not caused by, for example, bad health. Because what you worry about is that you see someone die and you see a lot of debt, that it's bad health that's causing the debt and causing them to die. So we're measuring these sort of Great Recession aftershocks and seeing how they affect people's mortality risk.
1: What was the biggest surprise in your study?
2: We were expecting that there was going to be something there, but it was going to be pretty small. During the Great Recession, the average American took a hit to their credit score that would indicate about a 2% increase off of their base mortality risk. That's pretty big. That translates to about somewhere around an additional 12,000 people dying a year due to this debt story at the peak of the Great Recession.
1: So is there any takeaway advice you would offer to the average consumer from what you learned in your study?
2: The average consumer, yeah, don't be delinquent with your debt. But I think we all knew that. The bigger takeaway to me is that there's these additional policy effects. If you're looking at some type of government policy, say fiscal policy, monetary policy, anything that's going to affect the wallet of the average American, there's additionally these health effects that we need to consider as well. So when we're doing policy that's raising people out of poverty or protecting people financially, we're also protecting their health and really protecting their lives. For me, the big punch is that we're dealing with a world, if you believe our results, where all of a sudden, all of this policy aimed at people's finances also is aimed at their health. So it's not just when we give people something like Medicare or health insurance to protect their health, that we're protecting their health. It's when we give people things that are going to be helping them balance their finances better, that this also impacts their health.
1: Sounds like economic education could actually save lives.
2: Oh, absolutely. I mean, these things need not be large government spending. Just teaching kids at a young age not to abuse their credit cards and making them less likely to end up in a world where creditors are coming after them could have large health effects.
1: Interesting study. Professor Andrew Friedson, Assistant Professor of Economics at the University of Colorado, Denver. Thanks for joining us today.
0: Thank you. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You've been listening to InfoTrack. The weekly show with information you should know. And something else you should know. Our reporters are Roy Mackey and Lisa G. Our executive producer is Randy Meyer. And I'm your host, Chris Whitting. Internet services by Pair Networks. Visit them at pear.com. InfoTrack is a production of Syndication Networks of Chicago. We invite you to join us next time for another edition of InfoTrack.